Making connections, affecting the culture, just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. One of the things that we most love at Engage is getting feedback, getting questions, getting comments from people who uh, read our magazine. By the way, if you did not know, we do have a physical annual magazine that we put out. Jordan Wesley, you know, our entire team works uh, just about an entire year on that thing. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, I I love it. We've been working. We just wrapped 2018, and we're going to be getting that in soon. If you want that, you can contact us, engagefaq at afa.net. But speaking of that, Email address. We had one sent in um, earlier this week from Rachel, and she sent in a question. And so, you know what? We just decided this is such a good question. It's one we hear a lot. So we're going to dedicate an entire radio program to it. And she says this, I've been researching and reading my Bible and et cetera for answers, and it's driving me a bit crazy. The main one is this, the whole Old Testament Jesus question. Um Jesus came to perfect or to fulfill the law, uh, but he's the one who made the law. I know, I want to know God's character, uh, and I know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but it's hard to see sometimes in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So is there a Hmm. difference uh, in the way that God portrays himself, or has God changed between the Old Testament and the New Testament? And let's take that a bit further and say, what, how do we relate to the Old Testament? I think that's a really uh, interesting and a really good question. Well, first, I would really be super hesitant to say that God ever changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, He doesn't. I know. Yeah. So, right. yeah. I know. I know. And but that's to, not at all what Rachel yeah, was saying. Yeah. But. Sure. Sure. But to pose that kind of question or, or to say change, however, you do obviously in the Old Testament and New Testament, you're going to see different characteristics of God. Um, not different as in He didn't have them in before, mm-hmm. but that they're revealed in different ways. Because even in the book of Hebrews, it talks about in the first chapter how Jesus comes to be the the, the physical appearance mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. God, and so you're going to see that. Um, and and I, you know, I understand what they're saying because you think about, and we'll talk about this more a little later. But and then I'll hand it over here to Jordan, okay. who's in studio with us. But uh, the Old Testament, obviously, you have uh, ceremonial laws, you have mm-hmm. civil laws. Uh, and, and of course, moral laws. Right, and, so and we're going to get into we'll that. get into that. But um, but so you have that in the Old Testament, which you Jesus comes and um, you know does away with the ceremony and the civil mm-hmm. law, and the New Testament. So you're going to have difference of um, uh, you'll see you'll see Jesus in a different way. That mm-hmm. yeah, and I think well, go ahead, Jordan. Have you got anything you want to add to that? No, I'll just uh, say that that one of the factors there you talk about. Um, you know, Christ doing away with the ceremonial law and and the civil laws. Um, I think one of the ways to understand that is fulfillment, that he is the fulfillment of those. And they're, they're pictures and the shadows and types of what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think when we look at Matthew chapter mm-hmm. 5, right, so this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and, and what does Jesus say? He says, do not think mm-hmm. that I have come to abolish the law, for not one dot or iota will be, will, will uh, disappear mm-hmm. um, from the law, but I have come to fulfill it, right. right? And that's the key. And when we're talking about the Old Testament, so here's the thing, guys, I've got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so just to kind of give you, dear listener, uh, a little bit of background on how we do a radio program, we develop talking points and uh, we send those out. Everybody gets to read them. 
and I apologize to you guys because I know I kind of geeked out on this. <laughs> Jordan sent me a message. He's like, man, I've not read this much in years. Um, but it's because I, I love opportunities to teach. I love opportunities to answer questions. And so I may nerd out a little bit on Go this. Go for it. But whenever we have a question like this, what it comes down to is we have to understand words. Okay, mm-hmm. words and the meanings behind words is super important, and I cannot overstate the importance of those. When we say law, what do we mean by that? Mm. Right? There's three uses of it that we see in Scripture. The first use is law as in like Ten Commandments. Right. Right. So we see the, the law. Right. right. These are the rules that we have to follow. But another use uh, that we see of the word law is the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. Right. And typically that means the Pentateuch, the Torah, right. the first five books of the Bible. But then also there's another use where it means the entire Old Testament. So we have to understand mm-hmm. what is it that we mean when we say law. Now, when we say for the rest of this program, when we say law, what we're typically meaning are the rules. Mm-hmm. OK, just so that we can kind of lay that out. And say that, you know, what, so that you know exactly what it is that we're talking about. So now, Wesley, you just mentioned the three areas of the law. Kind of go into that for us. What, what does that mean? Sure. And I want to uh, you point to a resource that we have up on our website. We've, I've written a, a, a review of a mm-hmm. book called God's Blueprint to Life, Liberty, and Property, a Bible study of the Ten Commandments. It's like a catechism. So we, I've got a, a review up there, and we've also has the author of the book, Stephen McDowell, on our program. We'll have those links in our show notes. But when it talks about law in the Scriptures, what are the three uses of the law? The first use is to expose our sin and bring us to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the first use. And Romans 7, 7 talks about that. And then uh, the second use would be to, to structure God or, or to provide blessings, a blueprint for Christianity, like the mm-hmm. sanctification process make us more like Christ. And third, and just as important as any of these, is also for government to restrain evil. Mm-hmm. And that's to restrain evil, use a sword, and to use, um, use the, the moral law as a guideline to uh, civil law. Yeah, and, and he, that understanding of the law uh, goes back even to the Reformers. Um, some of the early Reformers of the 1500s, uh, they would say, uh, you know, there's really, so those are the three uses of the law. They would say that um, the language of, of, in the 1500s was three functions of the law, which was to reveal the character of God, mm-hmm. right? So we understand who God mm-hmm. is. Um, the second part was to restrain evil, which is mm-hmm. what you were just talking about. And then the third is to, um, and also that restraint against evil is kind of shows us mm-hmm. um, that we break the law. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get into that, especially in the next segment. But the third thing, the third thing, I can't talk. Uh, the third function of the law uh, was to reveal to us how to please God. Mm. Now, I got to be honest, when I found that out, right, in doing research for this, that was kind of surprising. I've never really thought of the law as saying, here's how we can please God. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, do you, when you think of the law, is that something that comes to your mind? Uh, not often, actually, um, but it makes sense. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, this is you're obeying God's law is responding positively to who He is. Showing is, your love for Him. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it is, and like, I mean, a disobedient child who's disobedient on purpose, constantly as a lifestyle, probably doesn't love his or her parent. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, not saying that 
God wants us to prove that we love or that him. we can earn. Yeah. No, it's not that at but all. It's out of the abundance. Right. Of heart. Right. And we're going <laughs> to, here's the thing. There is a difference in having an external law and having a law that is written mm. on your heart. Yeah. Mm. Right. And that is incredibly important, but it's also a new Testament principle mm-hmm. that we want to get into in the next segment. When you talk about how we as Christians relate and engage with the law of the old Testament, because there's a lot of truth mm. in that. And there's a lot of wrestling that we've had to do um, in that regard. But first, before we can get to how we um, interact with the law. We have to get into how did Jesus mm. interact with the law? Because there's a lot of confusion on this, guys. Mm. Um, and I think this is kind of the one of the, the hearts of Rachel's question. So uh, what was Jesus's relationship to the law? First of all, let's yep. reset. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Listen to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening this afternoon. As we discuss the law, as TJ mentioned, there's a couple of different ways that can be understood. And we're talking about it um, in context of What's the use of it? You know, what's the purpose of it? Is it still useful for for us today? And that's what we're looking at. We've got a couple resources up on our website. If you go to engagemagazine.net, click on radio, you will see the, the the next podcast is the one we have up right now. And it's the one where you will have the show note links to some of the content that we mentioned today. All right, TJ, what was the question again? So, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question. How did Jesus relate to the law? How did he relate well, like you said in, in Matthew 5, the first thing you said was, I didn't come to abolish the law, do away with the mm-hmm. law, but I came to fulfill the law. But here's the thing. There's a lot of people who say that when Jesus came, he completely did away mm-hmm. with the law. Yeah. And I've read that a lot in sure. this research. Now, here's what he did I've do. I've read that too. <laughs> yeah. And here's what he did do. When we Now, this is going to get a little into covenant mm-hmm. uh, theology. Okay. So we have to we have to go there. Covenant theology, God makes a covenant with his people, Mm -hmm. right? In the Old Testament, every covenant was conditional. If you'll look at it, if you do this, I I will bless you in this. Mm -hmm. If you break this, if you don't do this, Mm -hmm. I am going to discipline you as a loving loving parent disciplines his child. So it was very conditional. But when we look at Jeremiah 31, God says, I will make a new covenant Mm -hmm. with my people. That that new covenant is the covenant that Christ brings Mm -hmm. in. We call that the covenant of grace, okay? So that's a very New Testament thing, but the Old Testament covenant, Jesus did do away with. Right. But he did not do away with the law. Right. That that, is incredibly important and and an important distinction. And that's what we understand nowadays is the moral law, which can mostly be covered in the Ten Commandments is where yeah, yeah, a lot of it. A lot uh, of it. Yeah, I mean, a there's, lot of there's it. more there, but that's where you can you can see the rest. You see most of it there, the moral law. And that, nine of the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Testament, or repeated in the New, yeah, in the, yeah, New, yeah, Testament, in the New Testament, and much of which is repeated that right there in the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, Jesus, for those that say God's, Jesus has done away with, uh, with the law in the Old Testament, uh, he didn't do away with the moral law because, in fact, he made the he made the the challenge much more difficult than hmm. Ten Commandments did, and that's exactly <laughs> what I want to get into. That's called when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five. Uh, that's called the six antitheses. Mm-hmm. Okay, there again, I'm nerding out a little bit, but deal <laughs> with it. Today's your love day it. to nerd out. Thank so. you, sir. So, what we call the six antitheses, and we're all familiar with this, but we're not familiar with the term. But it's you know, uh, you have heard it said, "You shall not murder," mm-hmm. but I tell you. That even if you're angry or if you hate your brother, you have committed murder in your heart. Jesus says, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that if you commit lust in your heart, you've already, you're guilty of adultery. Mm -hmm. All of these different things. And people will say, oh, well, Jesus did away with the law in these statements. No, (laughs) he did not do away with the law. 
He deepened. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, he really didn't even deepen the law. He revealed the depth that was already there. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is so important for us to realize. Jesus did not come to say, I'm, you're done with the law. Don't worry about it anymore. But instead, Jesus came to say, I am the fulfillment mm-hmm. of that law. So what does that mean for us? That means that Jesus perfectly kept the law in his perfect righteousness. Mm. Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us for our endurance and for the encouragement of Scripture that we might have hope. There's several places in the New Testament, uh, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, mm-hmm. is referencing mm-hmm. primarily to the Old Testament, of course, the applications for the entire Scripture. But the point is there is that the Old Testament is just as important as the New Testament, especially Absolutely. for a believer. That kind of helps answer our question for now, we'll continue to talk about this and elaborate, but the Old Testament is just as important. Mm-hmm. And the, even for the ceremonial laws, some of those uh, health-wise are still very good laws of practice, but sure, we're not but they're not legalism. Them. Right, right. Yeah. So here's the question. If Jesus came to fulfill the law in his perfect righteousness, what does that mean for the believer today? We're not under the covenant of law anymore. We're, we're under the covenant of grace. So what is our relationship to it? Are we able to not murder, and yet how are we able to eat pork and shellfish (laughs) those are questions we're going to discuss in the next segment stay tuned when we're told to do something we like to ask why we don't follow traditions merely for the sake of tradition we seek a biblical worldview and search for reasons behind answers for the christian who wants to dig deeper there's engagemagazine.net with relevant articles from movie reviews and life tips to culture and the believer's spiritual life. Share truth. Apply scripture. EngageMagazine.net. 